Welcome to Have You Got Your Shit Together with me, Caitlin O'Ryan, the podcast that celebrates not having your shit together because I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I don't think anyone does. On the show today, we have Ash Malimba, who goes by the name Malimba on Spotify and social media. He is a London-based artist who has toured all over Europe and opened the likes of Tom Walker and Friendly Fires. We sat down in Ant's kitchen to have this conversation. I hadn't met Ash before, didn't really know what to expect, and it's actually turned out to be one of my favourite episodes. Ash was so honest and thoughtful with his answers, which I just think perfectly represents what this podcast can be. He opened up to me in a way that he didn't have to, considering we'd never met before, but I'm so grateful that he did. It does mean, however, that this episode touches on some heavier topics, such as substance misuse and a traumatic experience that Ash witnessed as a child. If any of that resonates with you, then maybe give this episode a miss. If not, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you get out of it what I did from the conversation with Ash. Just want to caveat this episode by saying we tried something a bit different, which was to record it in Ant's kitchen, which definitely made the chat feel more intimate, but the sound is a bit dodgy because of it. If you can bear to overlook it, though, you're in for a real treat, as Ash was incredible to talk to, and like I said, it became one of my favourite conversations. On a scale of shit to together... How are you feeling today? Today, I would... <laughs> I would say... Uh, a four. A four? A four, yeah. Why is that? Partly because I got pissed with my mate last night. <laughs> I'm a little bit hungover. Hungover, yeah. That but, would deduct about three, yeah, I would exactly. say. But uh, I also had an argument with my girlfriend this mm. morning which we haven't sorted out yet, so my head's yeah. a bit all over the place. Yeah, yeah today through yesterday and eight, I was buzzing yesterday. Oh, all right, OK. <laughs> what were you up to yesterday? Um, oh, it's, it's just been a good week, man. I had a really good meeting last week with my dream record label. Wow. And for the first time in a long time, it feels like things are finally fucking... Can I swear on this? Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's called um, Have You Got Your Shit Together. <laughs> <laughs> there will be so much beeping. Actually, <laughs> every question has shit in it, so... <laughs> yeah, it just finally feels like... Things um, are happening. Yeah, being rewarded for how much how much I've worked with this. Yeah. And today you've been here with Anne uh, recording. Yeah. Yeah. And we, uh, we, I mean, we wrote half of a great song. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. It's going to be like, yeah. 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 How do you process, how do you approach that then? Do you start with, I'm always so interested, do you start with lyrics or do you start with music? No. When I was a little snobby indie kid, I used yeah. to fucking start with lyrics because I thought I was a poet. <laughs> But starting music first, and like, I like to feel the tune, mm-hmm. let the tune like almost dictate my mood. Yeah. And then yeah, just mumble melodies until mm-hmm. until something clicks and then put words to that melody. Yeah. So, what would you say your influences are then? Because you said that you started off like indie, and now have you kind of moved away from that? Moved from indie. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> the colours of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from. Papa Roach to... Wow. Uh, Cut my life into pieces. Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. To The National, to Foles, to Joy Division. Wow. Of, yeah, literally everything. That's cool. So on that, what would you say having your shit together means to you? What does that look like? Um, you know when like, you see like an old person on the tube or the bus and they just don't give a fuck mm. anymore and they're just content and you can see like happiness in their eyes. <laughs> you can see that they've seen like... 
the same pattern throughout life so many times to the point mm. where they're just almost like coasting on the out on the outskirts. Yeah. Um, I think having each other together is not caring so much about, mm. or about anything really. Where do you think you're at with that? I dip in and out. Yeah. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 27. 27. Oh, okay. Same age. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Birthday. Twelfth July. Mine's Recent. <gasps> You're early on the concert. Can you tell? Yeah, I actually can. <laughs> I knew we weren't the same. At the wise old age of 27, which we both are, yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're getting closer to that old person. Not giving a fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think I, I don't let things get to me as much as I used to. Mm. I think I've become a lot more accepting of who I am and be with who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Do you have an object that makes you feel like you've got your shit together? I was trying to think of this. Uh-huh. Um, but to answer your question, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it physically. In the yeah, I know, right. yeah. You can pluck but one from obscurity, that's OK. On, on, on the way here this morning, I was trying to think of something that makes me feel like I've got my shit together and I couldn't think of anything <laughs> to... Um, just making my bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah, literally. Someone said that to me once. If yeah. you literally just get out of bed and make your bed. That's it, yeah. Because then you come home and you can feel... Yeah, it feels like you've got your shit together. A clean, clean room, clean mind. How often do you think you actually achieve that? What, a clean room? A clean, like, do you make your bed every morning? Every is that? Morning, yeah. oh, well done. Every morning. I'm literally thinking about my bed right now and it's is absolutely it not. Oh my God, it is not made. <laughs> it is not made and it's got like all of my washing on top of it. I just ran away from it. Yes, I do, I do. And then literally as I was leaving, I looked at them and I was like, you will be washed when I get home. <laughs> they, but they were there since yesterday as well. How bad is that? That's is so that? gross. It was actually overnight oats. I made myself some overnight oats. oats. Yeah. That makes me feel like I've got my shit together. If the night before I've managed to make myself some food for the next day. Are you a good cook? Am I a good cook? Yes. If the recipe I'm following is good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm as good as the person who wrote the recipe. Okay. But then Do I'm also like, not very like good. Experiment? Listen, if I'm making a tomato sauce and I think it's bland, I'll add shit to it. <laughs> Listen, salt and pepper. Sometimes, if I want to add a bit of depth, yeah. Marmite, Love it. it's a twist. Dark chocolate, twist. Love that. Chili. I'm on board with the dark chocolate, I'm not so sure about the marmite. Marmite, well, yeah, I both. Yeah. Well, famously, mm. this is this is the test is proven that I love Marmite and you hate it 50-50. Um, yeah, so good cook? Yes. Yeah. I'm one of those people that I never do like a weekly shop. That to me feels like you've got your shit together. It does, yeah, I know what you mean. I don't, I'm very off the cuff. Like I'm every day I'll buy, okay. which is Sounds really bad. pretty fucking hectic. <laughs> <laughs> As is my life. Welcome to the podcast. That is literally why I'm doing it. name a time in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together yeah again i yeah uh, i feel like i dip in and out of it so i mean like prior prior covid i was living in west london and yeah it seemed like i had my shit together mm-hmm. um monetary issues were almost non-existent right and i was in the studio every day and i was writing for other people and also writing for my own projects it just I felt busy and I felt like it was... Accomplished, yeah. yeah, achieving. So would you say that, like, you, your sense of feeling like you have your shit together is tied up with, like, achieving in a work sense? So, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's just being busy. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. I did a CBT course okay. a few years ago, and one of the things that always stayed with me was this idea of ACE. Have you ever heard of that? No. 
So it's an anagram. Is it an anagram? I think so. Is that what it means? Let's go with that. So ace, like each letter means a different word. Got you. So it's achievement, closeness, and enjoyment. And okay. the idea. Acronym. So it's an acronym. <laughs> it's an acronym. Um, but the idea is that if you think of it, it's like a pie chart. Right. You will feel the most content when those three things are what balanced. Again, sorry. Achievement, closeness, and enjoyment. Yeah. And I always get that sense, like, sometimes I'll go through a week and I guess with creative jobs and stuff, mm. self-employment, you're so in and out of Up work. And down constantly. Yeah, that sometimes I'll have, like, a busy week and I'll be like, why do I feel a bit shit? Mm. And then I'll think back to that and I'll be like, oh, it's because I saw friends. Mm. Like, that was me almost trying to distract from the fact that I wasn't achieving anything. Yeah, and I was, like, enjoying myself, but I didn't feel fulfilled because I wasn't applying myself to something and yeah. contributing, I it's guess. just coasting yeah, definitely. And I find it hard with the lifestyle. Like, you go, it's so in and out of work, and yeah. then there's downtime where you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, routine's so important. It's so important, it's so, so important. When I, when I was in my old band, every time like, I would come on tour, I'd go straight into manual labour and I'd work on building sites mm. just to fucking get up early, make sure that I'm yeah. doing something well. Yeah. This is when I was living in Brighton as well, right. make sure that I wasn't just going to the pub every single day. Yeah, because it's so easy to do that, yeah. or it's like easy to, I don't know, do something late at night and then wake up later and then it's just like a fucking self fulfilling mm. prophecy. Like, there was a podcast that I listened to where they were talking about this and they said there's a reason why, like, monks, for example, have such a rigid structure. Because, like, you think of monks just living on a fucking hill in... Monastery, yeah. Yeah, wherever they are. And you think that they're not actually doing anything. Yeah. But actually, if you looked at their structure, it would literally be, like, wake up at 6am, pray, mm-hmm. 7, water some plants. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure they're really busy. Um, <laughs> um, but because we just, like, crave structure so much. Yeah. Because otherwise you'd get depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you felt most like you had your shit together when you were kind of felt busy. And Every working. time, yeah. Whenever I'm busy, I feel like I've got my yeah. shit together. And I guess, I guess that is a distraction in a way. It's, I think it's when, you, when you're not, when you've got some downtime away from work, I think it's very easy to get a bit stuck in your own head because mm. you have time to think. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, when you're busy, you don't really have time to think. You just get up and get on with it. So. Yeah. Would you say that you're a thinker, like you're an overthinker? An overanalyzer. Really? Yeah. 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 I find, because I do a bit of, like, poetry, I, like, write a bit of spoken word, Mm -hmm. and that, for me, has been, like, an outlet to try and fucking, like, sort the shit out in my head. Okay. Is that kind of what you do with music and stuff? Um, Is it, like, a great process? Yeah, that's one outlet, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, Macadosh and Shrooms also (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Do you know what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got ADHD as well. Okay. It helps me fucking, yeah, clear my head. Yeah. So, in contrast, a time in your life where you felt like you really didn't have your shit together? Uh, I can't remember what year this is, maybe like 2015. I was... No, 2016, so I'd just moved to Brighton. And I was on tour. And at the time, well, prior to that, I was living in King's Cross with a cokehead. Right. And it being around all the time, obviously... um, Obviously, I also mm. dabbled in it quite often. And, yeah, it just wasn't, like... Like, music was good, but I was, like, dealing with being in the public eye for the first time. And, yeah. like, and I was young as fuck, so I didn't... Yeah, it was, it was all a bit of a fucking rush. I didn't really know how to mm. sit back and disconnect from my work and my personal life. Yeah. It was all just intertwining with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, moved to Brighton, 
to because I thought that would solve my problems. Mm-hmm. Literally run away from your run problems. Run away. It does. Famously, <laughs> it works. works. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember being on tour, um, and the first date was in Brighton, mm. and I saw this couple that I'd seen at shows before, and they were obviously just having an argument in the crowd, but I thought that they were fucking just hating the show, and I got into my own head about it. And, like, just, yeah, I wasn't singing very well, I was forgetting lyrics, wasn't performing how I usually would. And... Throughout the whole tour, I just lost my confidence completely. And yeah. I had to like, call my manager and be like, look, mate, I'm really fucking struggling. He was like, yeah, man, I feel... I've noticed you uh, not be yourself recently. And we had like a really earnest conversation. Like, are you partying? Are you, are you taking drugs? Are you drinking? And I was like, yeah, I'm doing all of those things times ten. Um, and he was like, look, just get through the tour and I'll put you straight into therapy, which he did. And yeah. I went to a therapist that like, specialised just with lead singers and frontmen. Oh. And she helped me rebuild my confidence to get back on stage but on our sixth week she was like I feel like you've still got a lot of shit to unpack and I was like I do mm-hmm. so she referred me to somebody else who I did another six weeks with and she like started to pick me apart but she helped me understand who I was as a person why I react and do things my triggers mm-hmm. childhood trauma or whatever and I think around that time it was like an ongoing like two three year thing I did feel like I was a bit lost and I didn't yeah, I didn't have my shit together. Really. Yeah. But, yeah, it's funny that you brought up CBT, to be fair, but therapy definitely fucking yeah, saved yeah. my life in that. Yeah. A few things from that, but one, like, drugs is so fucking prevalent. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. very hard to be in this industry, particularly, where it's everywhere. It's, it's, time, it's yeah. everywhere. And especially when you're young, to try and say no to that stuff, and, like, that's really hard. Yeah. Also, the pressure of, like, going to being... The public eye. Mm. How was that? Like strange. There's no like middle ground. It was like okay with this band playing in shitty pubs to then playing to fucking ten thousand people all across, wow. all across Europe. And it took me. It took the band breaking up for me to actually like sit back and be like, fuck me, that was actually mental. And it happened so fast, right? So fast. Yeah. And is this thing that you think that you've always wanted? Yeah. I think so then it's just shit. Yeah, 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 literally. And it's mad because like you start off and you know you have your shit or whatever, and then you kind of think, okay, if I just if I work and if I reach X, I'll be happy. I'll achieve this and I'll be happy because I'll be satisfied and all this stuff. And then you kind of get to that next level and then you realise, oh, shit, they're there and now I want to be there and you're constantly chasing this fucking thing. There's a constant lack, sense of lack, and then how you feel that is, like, distracting yourself and trying to have fun with everyone and stuff like that. And, yeah, Yeah. I've seen it happen a lot. I mean, I didn't have the same experience, but because I I started... I left drama school and I got into a big show Mm. and quite quickly this show is, like, a huge following. Mm. And suddenly... I went from doing this thing, which is actually, I just want to be an actor. I don't want to be famous. And I just want to be creative. I don't want everything that comes with it. But obviously nowadays, part and parcel of that is recognition, which Mm. on the one hand feels amazing and you get the support and it's like validation when you want it. But then on the other hand, it's like this access to you that you never actually signed up for. Or consented to, really. Or even considered. Or considered it. and, And trying to navigate who you are plus who you are in other people's eyes yeah. and what you want to be seen as plus so, how you feel. So much. It's so insane. Yeah. I'm now better at even that simple stuff, like just I don't really share much of my private life on mm. socials and like um but yeah, I like to like before I used to like post my mum doing stupid shit. Like, <laughs> post my girlfriend all the time. But, yeah. like, but then you don't yeah, like you said, you don't have anything for yourself. 
outside of your uh, best version of yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I try to just separate the two and mm. amplify what I need to. Uh, yeah. If I can ground myself. Yeah. yeah, but it sounds like you had a good support network around you for when you were going through that. Yeah, I've always been lucky to have a best friend, but like an actual best friend. Yeah. Um, he's been my mate for like 10 years now. Mm. His name's Theo. Big up to <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, he, he always fucking just called me up on my shit when I'm not being myself. Always has, always has done in the past and will validate me in the right way if I release a song or if, yeah, if I do something great, obviously he, he will give me the right sort of praise, but he will never fucking like blow my head up. But I'm like, great work, mate. Crack on. Yeah. But then he'll hold you accountable as well. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what's so important, isn't it? Like having true people who will just like level with you. Yeah, exactly. It's how I found it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Remind me who I was. Yeah. In a really weird way. And it just made me so grateful that I have best friends from when I was eight years old who mm. can constantly remind you who you are. Because yeah, I think what's really hard for some people when you find fame so young is you can lose that yeah. and you don't have that and then what it's replaced with is people who are kind of friends but also kind of supporting you for personal gain. Right, got you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. It's weird, it's weird with those kind of friends. It's like, they're not trying to... It's hard to explain. In a way, they're not doing anything bad. They're just excited. They're excited by, like, your lifestyle. Mm. And... It's, I think in my circle of friends, I think those sort of friends are the ones that gave up too early sort of thing. Yeah. And they're all fucking used to be creative people, but sacked it off mm. too early. And I think they, yeah, they're just excited about their lifestyle. Yeah. Which is fine, but exhausting. Hey, aunt. Hey. You do a great job in editing this podcast, might I say. If people like the podcast, what do they need to do? Like it. What else? Follow it on social media. And then what? They could share it with every single person they know. Thanks, Ant. You can go back to your corner now. Bye. Three things that make you feel like shit. Mm, how about... I, I, I'm thinking of my parents straight away just because they, uh, they're African. Mm-hmm. And they, they came from a very strict like, Christian background. Mm. Um, all they've ever known is success is only comes from going to uni, getting a degree becoming a doctor or a lawyer and don't get me wrong they're, they're so supportive of what I do mm. but they just don't understand the bad side of it like they, they're almost like those exploitative friends that we're just talking about they, they love it when it's great but whenever like I'm feeling a bit down about music or my job or whatever they just don't get it and I would love to have um, a relationship where I'd be able to go to them and yeah explain how I'm feeling at them and they'll be able to see it for what it is rather than what they know. Mm. When you say that they don't get it, is that because it's like, well, you chose this thing, that kind of thing? How do you mean? Like I didn't become a doctor, lawyer? Yeah, so they get it when it's going good, but then when it's going bad, it's kind of like less sympathy because say say you're a doctor and it was going shit, it's something that they can understand because like all your patients are dying because you're a terrible doctor, you know? Is it it that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. And I think that like, especially like just within African culture, Mm. depression or mental health doesn't exist. You just get on with it and you suppress, you suppress, you suppress to the point where it almost doesn't exist anymore. Mm. So, yeah, I do find it hard to be able to be open with them about my career when it's not going great. I guess because if you already feel a sense of not fulfilling what they want, 
to then yeah. not be happy in the thing that isn't fulfilling what they want. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a double thing. Double oh my god, <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Double whammy. Yeah. Um, what else? My bed not being made. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say what we touched on earlier about like getting to a certain place within what we do, and then that happening not feeling how you expect yeah. it to be and chasing that. Yeah. I think those I'm, I'm a lot better at it now, but mm. I think in the past those chat marks always always yeah. used to weird me out a little bit and What do you think that is? Um I'm not really sure man, but I think I think part of it's you know you know like, like every birthday you, like nothing changes. Mm. You turn twenty eight, nothing nothing changes. And I think our industries are very glamorised uh, but really and truly Playing the show is the same thing as getting on the two seven line bus home. Yeah, it's just you doing a thing. I think obviously, I mean, like it impacts other people's lives, which is amazing. But it's, it, you're just doing something. It's like when the passion becomes the work. Yeah, exactly. And trying yeah. to balance that, I've struggled with that because, like, for me, growing up, acting was escapism, and it was the play, yeah. and it was the thing that I did for fun, and the thing mm. that when I felt like I couldn't do things in school it was a thing that I knew that I was good at and whatever yeah there was no repercussions of it it was just fun yeah whereas then you go to you know whatever avenue you do when you try to shift that into a career suddenly it's not fun anymore and it's not the same creative freedom and play that you have because now you have to pay your rent and now you have to pay the bills out of the thing that you've done and the dream of, like, when you're a kid and you think, oh, I just want to be an actor and I'll be so happy when I'm an actor. Yeah. Like, because I remember leaving drama school and being like, I feel like I can't call myself an actor until I've had my first paid gig. Right. And then felt like that for so long. And I was like, as long as I get one job, then I'll be an actor and then I'll be yeah. happy. And then that happened for me. Lasted for a week, I was, like, walking on a fucking cloud. Yeah, and then course. I got to the job and suddenly I was like but I'm the least experienced person here and I can't really call myself an actor until I've got their CV. Yeah, so yeah, unless yeah, I'm yeah. there, then I'll be happy. Yeah. Like, it's just the constant need and then trying to find the fulfilment out of the thing yeah. is really difficult still because you've got a way more critical kind of parent voice in your head that's like, you need you need to fucking get this job because yeah. you need to fucking pay your bills, you know? Yeah, I've, I've thought about that a lot. I've kind of like set myself a goal, which I'm keeping close to heart at oh, the moment must. but it's something that I want to do hopefully within the next five years mm-hmm. and then once I've done that I'm dipping off okay and I've always said to myself that I can't see myself doing music for the rest of my life I just, right um, why is that I so get bored <laughs> no um, just because I think it's it's just not it's not really a healthy thing to mm. be in um, especially when you like craving structure exactly yeah so I've just set myself this goal that I want to achieve. You know, once mm. I've done that, I'll find something else to hyper-focus over. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My friend Nora, who finds it really hard, she has a really good relationship with acting. Okay. Because I can't think of the exact word that she used, but she's like, it's so fickle. Yeah. Like, if you're a good actor, you're a good actor. Yeah, yeah. Whether your flavour of the month is a different thing, mm. you can't put everything on it because it's not tangible. Yeah. You know? And yeah, trying to make a career out of that can be really frustrating because mm. it's up to other people's opinions and, you know, you're as good as you are. Yeah. Whether you take off or not is actually nothing to do with your ability. It's yeah. just to do with whether 
other people like the shit. Exactly, exactly. Which changes because yeah. people change. Like people are so all over the place with what they like and stuff. Yeah, there's no science to it. Man. Oh. It's, yeah, it's it's strange. Yeah. What has like been your peak being an actor? For me, getting Outlander. Yeah. That because what I was just saying, like leaving drama school, literally having to work like five jobs, like moving to London, being like I can't fucking afford this, we have to go home. Mm. And then the phone call when my agent told me that I got the job. Yeah. It was literally like X Factor moment. Like yeah, really. I like screamed and cried and fell to the floor. <laughs> and then for like about a month, because we started filming about a month later, do you know when you just think of like elation, yeah. like that kind of tingle in your body, like yeah. that, that felt like that for like a while. Yeah, and it was yeah. just like, I've achieved this thing. And then slowly that deflates when you realise. Yeah. It's only the last like X amount of time or something like that, and then also like walking out onto set and that yeah, like pinch me moment of being like fucking hell, like I'm here, I'm doing it. Yeah. But then also it's like met with like the reality of it's a job. Like mm-hmm. no one loves their job every single day, even if yeah. you are living the dream. You'll get frustrated about the way that you're treated, and then you'll feel like you can't complain to certain people because it's like, but you're living the dream. It's funny how that one thing, that one thing that made you so happy, also made you feel the complete yeah. other extreme. That is, isn't it? Line, yeah. Yeah. But I guess as well, because, like, happiness isn't sustainable. Yeah. Like, it's an emotion like every other emotion. So eventually that ecstasy is going to fade and it's going to become normal. Yeah. And then your new normal is, oh, I achieved that thing, but now what's going to make me what's happy again? Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because I've started writing more because I was getting so frustrated with acting and the lack of control that you have over it. Uh-huh. For me, like, writing and doing, like, a spoken word event is like the shit for me. Mm, yeah, that yeah. feeling that you get of like, I wrote that, those people connect with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like <laughs> electric. Yeah. That feels great. Three things that make you feel like the shit. <laughs> um, shamefully, the validation from other people when I have put my own art out into the world does make me feel sick. It's not shameful. Yeah. <laughs> You've been working away on something. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, a fucking good holiday. <laughs> Where we're talking. I like weird shit, man. I like fucking like traveling to fucking north of Norway. Yeah. <laughs> Staying in some fucking weird igloo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love. Yeah, I love. I love Scandinavia. I love Iceland. Mm. I love. Have you seen the Northern Lights? Uh, yeah. <gasps> That's like bucket list shit. It's yeah. fucking. It's insane. Mm. It's insane. Um, I like to be surprised when I when I travel. Yeah. Um. To be fair, just honestly, just taking some downtime with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think like, we've. Obviously, she's an actor as well. And mm. um, also a director. And she. Like, I, I, I will do some music for her short film. She, she will direct my music videos. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice to like, finish a project both, that both of us have worked on and then just, like, just put it out. Yeah. And just be with each other. Mm. Is it nice having someone who does something similar but not the same? Yeah. 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 So they kind of get it. I tried the opposite, doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that the three things that you've said there mm. kind of fall into achievement, closeness and enjoyment. Absolutely, yeah. Like, achieving. Didn't think about that. Yeah, I know. Ace. Listen, ace. <laughs> ace. <laughs> Yeah, but what you said about, like, putting something out, validation, yeah. enjoyment of going away on holiday somewhere yeah, sick, yeah. and then the closeness of being with someone. They know what they're doing with the CBT. <laughs> they know. Okay. Um, something that makes you lose your shit. 
in a positive and a negative way? Positive and a negative way. Uh, a positive way. I mean, I haven't had it earlier. There's, there's, there are just certain days, like, when you're in the studio and you're writing something and everything just fucking falls into place. Mm. And everything you do sounds good. The first note you play on the keys sounds amazing. <laughs> um, that major. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we pretty much had, a, had like, the body of the song that you wrote wow. in 20 minutes. Wow. <laughs> it's mad how that happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, like, it's almost like something else, like, takes over you. Yeah. It's just, you're almost, like, watching yourself from the outside. Everyone says this. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like it's just funneling through. Yeah, it's mental. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you'll sit down and you'll just be like, why does this sound shit? Yeah, why yeah, does exactly. it, yeah. That's the negative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's, yeah, it, it's the same thing like I was just saying. It's just when things aren't clicking, uh, that can be your relationship, family life. Um, your marmite tomato bastard. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, but you know, when like, things aren't clicking and you can't quite figure out what yeah. you need to change in your life to then make things click. Mm. And you always have to, like, you get to the pit, you work it all out. Yeah. And all you want to do is not get to the pit and work yeah. it out too. Do you have things now, because, like, obviously you've done therapy and stuff like that, are there things that you hold on to from that, like if you can feel yourself get into a certain place that you would do to kind of put yourself away from that? Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I do, like, certain mm. things, but I know when I'm about to go into self-sabotage, self-sabotage mode, mm. and I know, I know before I get into it now... You can recognise the patterns, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it can be as little as me not fucking, like, my fucking washing basket piling up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but all of those things are things that add up to feel overwhelming. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just I just do my best if I can keep on top of that because I don't mm. want to get to that point. Yeah, yet. definitely. A moment that you found some shit out about yourself. Um, in therapy. Mm-hmm. In therapy. I can't remember what we were talking about. This does get a bit dark, by the way. It's okay. Um, but we, we, were t- we were touching on like my family life, my family life, and the struggles I have being like a certain person in the band, and then having to like switch to being like the good golden child that my parents always thought I was. Mm. Little did they know. And my therapist asked me a very simple question, and a memory popped into my head of me being like six years old. In Zambia, mm. and we were in church on a Sunday, and the pastor like stopped the service and was like, "By the way, six people hung themselves next door, and it was due to witchcraft." And he took the whole church out, opened up this hut, and there was literally six people hanging from a fucking noose. Oh my god! And I literally, obviously, uh, it's something that I completely fucking shoved under the carpet. And it, it, I remember it popped into my head, and I was like, "I need to tell you something right now." I was just yeah, like, yeah. I told her that that story. She just started crying. And then we like, kind of just sat in silence for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was the big thing that I found out about myself. And you think that you just, like, compressed that for a really long time? Yeah, man. How, yeah. How does a six-year-old make sense of that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot at the time. When you, when you realised that, did that make you reflect on certain things? Or, like, do you feel like it's fed into things now that you know that you witnessed that? Um, I think it's, it 
helped, well, not helped, but it made, it made me make sense of why I had, like, a, a very dark view on the world yeah. as a kid. I, never, I could never really get, get right, make sense of it when I was younger, but um, it helped me realise that a lot of the shit that I saw in Zambia as a kid made me think about life and, and, and death and heaven and hell and yeah. all this shit. And how it feeds in. Yeah. Was that, I guess at the time when that happened, were you, like, were you able to talk to anyone about it then or was it just... But when I was six? <laughs> no, I don't mean like therapy or anything like that, but obviously it happened. Um, I assume you were with like your parents and stuff. And... Do you mean when it actually happened? Yeah, when yeah, I was when it actually happened. happened. Um, not that I was aware of, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was aware of it. Was just a thing that thing. you saw. Yeah, exactly. God. Wow. Yeah. That's so much for a six year old to hold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, change of tone. <laughs> 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 about to cry now. Yeah. Oh my god, that's, that's a lot, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad that you've been able to talk to your therapist about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Um, shittest piece of advice you've received? Um, get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying not to make it just about music as well. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but it can be though, that's a huge part of who you are. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, yeah, I guess I guess touch on the joke I just made. I think I've um, been pushed to rethink my 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 career choice mm. um, by parents and girlfriends in the past, whatever. Um, but I've always seen and known where I will end up, and I think that's. Yeah, I've never, I've never really listened to that piece of advice, but it's... Where do you think that comes from, in terms of... Stubbornness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly don't know, man. It's, it's strange when I think about it, but like when I like, visualise my life as a kid, I'm talking like four or five years mm-hmm. old, it would either be in a football stadium or also in a football stadium, but doing music. <laughs> so, again, well, the football stadium's a big part of that, then. Pardon? The football stadium's the biggest part yeah, of that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I've, I've always just, I've always just seen like big things. Yeah. I can't really make sense of it. Yeah. But um, and I've just yeah I've held on to that. Yeah. Even when you feel like other people are telling you to move away from that, you're just yeah, yeah. that's like such a strong sense of self. Yeah. To keep doing that. Definitely. I, th- yeah. I feel like I, I've I've always felt this as a performer and also as a songwriter. Of, like, I feel like there's something that I'm tapping into that nobody else has. Mm. Which, um, sounds a bit self-righteous, but... But I don't think so, because I think most creatives must have that. The odds are so to, yeah. stacked against yeah, yeah, you exactly. that why should you succeed? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I've had similar things where, you know, I've always wanted to be an actor and then someone will tell me that ex-teacher might say, do you think that's realistic or whatever? Yeah. Are you good enough? I've had self-doubt where I've been like, I don't think I'm good enough. Yeah, and yet there's something that's like, yes, you are. Yeah, Yeah, and it's like it's like a fucking fire that's like it won't let up Mm. i don't know i think i think with creativity it's so much more than just a job it's like your fucking fire it's like there's no point in getting up if you can't do it do you know what i mean definitely definitely it's um i mean sometimes i wish this wasn't the case but it is the only thing that fucking i live for it man yeah yeah. yeah, it's almost like bigger than us as well. 100%. Yeah, I almost owe it to, I owe it to the music to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Music's very grateful. 
shit you wish you'd known sooner? Um, how expensive therapy is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a point to make, though, isn't it? Because, yeah. like, therapy's fucking helped me, but it's not accessible. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that people are too fucking busy thinking about themselves to give a fuck about you. Stop worrying, man. No one's looking at your fucking spot on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. And you've got better at that, you think? Yeah. It's kind of taking us back to what you said at the beginning about the old person. Oh, man. <laughs> <Yeah. It's really laughs> Covered in spots. Yeah. Doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, so this is the part where we talk about a shit shot which is a photo of you or that you took that the outside eye would look like you had your shit together, whatever. But at the time, you definitely didn't or you didn't feel like it yourself. Okay, shit shot. Um, Um, I must have been... Okay, so just describe what we're seeing. We are seeing... (laughs) Yourself in a tartan shirt? Yeah, yeah, tartan jacket. Yeah, yeah. Um, At... Coco Camden, which was good venue. It was a good venue. Yeah, yeah. My band's um, biggest headline. There's actually a fucking video of me jumping jumping from the third balcony somewhere floating around. No way. You can hear, it, my mum, it, my mum's video fucking just went went a bit viral. You can hear her screaming in the background. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it was our biggest headline show. Yeah, we sold it out and. So she uh, in front of a crowd. Me in front of a crowd. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, I was probably the saddest I've ever been. Okay. Um, just, I mean, it was around. It was just before I moved to Brighton. Right. Just before the therapy. And I'm actually pretty sure that I moved. I moved to Brighton about a month after that show. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, and you I, were headlining. Headlining. Wow. Yeah. And I was, I was. I was just all over the place at the time. Man. I was just, That's so yeah. crazy. Um, trying to. At the time, I was trying to fulfil a void. Or like, I was trying to feel something because yeah. I was quite numb. And. Um, all I did to distract myself from accepting that I'm not in a good place was party and, yeah, self-sabotage. Yeah. Chasing something outside of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, Ash. Yes. Have you got your shit together? No. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I, 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 think, I think there are, like, like I said earlier, there are things that I need to achieve myself which I've set myself before I could ever say that I've got my shit together mm. um, um, but do you think you ever will really cool. yeah I do yeah yeah um, that wasn't a do you think yeah, you yeah, yeah, no, ever no. will have shit together <laughs> <laughs> look at what, <laughs> you're it's what I'm hearing it's a no 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 um, yeah. yeah no I do so you believe it's possible I do believe it's possible wow um, but yeah I, uh, I haven't got my shit together yet, but that's, I think that's more of a me achieving certain goals before I can say that. Yeah, the five-year plan, the football stadium. There you go. <laughs> See you there. See you there. <laughs> Thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This podcast is produced by Ant Hickman... The artwork is produced by Tim Saunders and the photography is by Patch Bell. A massive thank you to Cassia for letting us use their song Slow. See you on the next episode of Have You Got Your Shit Together. Now and then I'm just a little bit low.
I always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you.